Good morning, church, and welcome back to the fourth and final part of our series. Today, we are bringing our Stranger Stories series to a close, but I trust that you have found these unusual stories in the Bible to have applicable lessons to our lives today. And I hope that you've been encouraged to look deeper into the strange and lesser known stories in your own time that you spend in the Word. All of the stories that we have looked at have lessons which are still relevant, lessons which help us in our faith and how we can live it out. And today's story is no different. I believe that we can all do with a little bit more courage, right? Courage to do what is right even when it is difficult and scary. Courage to live in God's will in a world that encourages us to do otherwise. And courage to become who God intended us to be and live the life that He has called us to. And the story I want us to look at today is that of a lion chaser. And my hope is that we will all be challenged to be courageous and chase the lions in our own lives. Now, when I say lion chaser, perhaps the mention of a lion would bring to mind Daniel in the lion's den, or even David who killed a lion as a shepherd. But both of these stories are pretty well known, so they wouldn't quite fit our theme in the series, would they? So the lion chaser has to be someone else someone who isn't spoken of often, and that person is Benaiah. Benaiah's story is a little obscure. He's one of those Bible characters that you didn't learn about in Sunday school. In fact, he's more of a background character, and he tends to get overlooked when we're more focused on David's story. He's mentioned very briefly and with very little information. There's a small passage of scripture which gives an account of some of the things that he did, But as short as unusual as it is, there are still some lessons that we can learn. So we find the story in 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 20 to 23. Benaiah was the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man from Kabzeel, who had done many deeds. He had killed two lion-like heroes of Moab. He had also gone down and killed the lion in the midst of a pit on a snowy day. And he killed an Egyptian, a spectacular man, The Egyptian had a spear in his hand, so he went down to him with a staff, wrestled the spear out of the Egyptian's hand, and killed him with his own spear. These things Benaiah the son of Jehoiada did, and won a name among three mighty men. He was more honored than the thirty, but did not attain to the first three, and David appointed him over his God. Benaiah did some pretty incredible things. He faced some really scary situations, but he didn't back down, and he didn't run away. And in the end, he was victorious over them. In this small passage, the events described are strange, yet they show great courage. He killed two lion-like men from Moab. To be described as lion-like, we can assume that these guys were big, fierce, strong, and not to be messed with. Yet Benaiah took down two of them on his own. Then he killed a lion in a pit on a snowy day. That statement alone is extremely strange and all kinds of crazy. It's crazy scary, crazy brave, and the what were you thinking kind of crazy. But we'll come back to that story shortly. Then he also killed an Egyptian giant. In the passage we read, it doesn't tell us how big this giant was, but in 1 Chronicles chapter 11, verse 23, it says that he was a man of great stature, five cubits tall. So that's roughly around two meters in height. So Benaiah approached this two-meter-tall giant who had a spear, and he approached him with a staff. Other translations say a club, but the point is that he essentially faced this giant with a stick. Yet he managed to wrestle the spear away from the Egyptian and killed him with it. 
All through these victories, Benaiah caught King David's attention. David saw something worthy in him and put him in charge of his personal God. That's like their version of a secret service. So I think we can all agree that Benaiah was courageous, maybe a little insane, but he had courage. Now I want to go back to the incident where he killed a lion in a pit on a snowy day because, well, that's an odd story. This incident is only mentioned in one sentence in verse 20. So we don't know much about it. We don't know what the situation was, how he crossed paths with this lion, or why he ended up in a pit with the lion. The only information that was given is that it was a snowy day. But just from that description, what we do know is that the odds of survival in that situation for a human are slim. Chances are that if you had to face a lion in a pit on a snowy day, your story would end differently to Benaiah's. I know mine definitely would. Lions are not to be messed with. Just the force from the blow of a lion's paw is enough to end you, never mind the strength of its bite. Now the thought of facing a lion is scary and daunting. A few years ago, I was at Moloth Park with some friends and in the afternoons, we would go to the fence that divided the Moloth Park and the Kruger Park. And from there, we could see the river. So we'd watch the elephants and whatever other wildlife was hanging around. And this one afternoon, I was looking through the binoculars when I noticed that something was looking back at me. I had come across some lionesses that were relaxing in the shade. And one of them looked as though she was looking straight at me. I will never forget those piercing yellow eyes. Now, I was a safe distance from them. I was looking at them through a pair of binoculars. And chances are she wasn't even looking at me. But just that image was so chilling. And I know that I would not want to see those eyes up close when she was on a hunt. So in general, lions are to be feared and respected as the top level predators that they are. So if you were to encounter a lion, your initial instinct would be to put as much distance between you and the lion as possible, to run away, to hide, and at all costs, protect yourself. But Benaiah had a different reaction. He chased. Now we don't know the full story. We don't know the details of what happened. But the verse says that he went down into the pit. So we can imagine that he crossed paths with this lion and somehow a chase ensued. So let's picture Benaiah and this lion chasing each other. Perhaps the lion began chasing Benaiah or Benaiah chased the lion first. Either way, they're running. And because it's a snowy day, the ground is covered in snow. And perhaps the mouth of the pit is covered and they don't see it. And suddenly the lion falls in. Now, we don't know how deep this pit is, but let's assume that it's deep enough that the lion is no longer a threat to Benaiah. So he could have walked away from that situation and continued with his life and the lion would not have been an issue. But instead, he jumps into the pit and follows the lion, increasing the threat that this lion poses to him by placing himself in a place that it would be difficult to get out of. And in this confined space with this fierce predator, Benaiah attacks. And as we know, he kills the lion and the threat is neutralized and Benaiah is victorious. Now we hear this and think, why would you place yourself in danger by chasing a lion into a pit on a snowy day? But there's a lesson that we can learn from this. Courage faces fear and overcomes it. See, the lesson that we learn from Benaiah is to be a lion chaser. And lion chasers don't hide from the things that they fear. They chase them even into pits. So what does it mean to be a lion chaser? Well, understand me that I don't mean to go chase physical lions. 
But the lion here is a metaphor for our fears, the things that want to break us down and destroy us. It's a metaphor for the obstacles that we face. When we strive to be who God has called us to be, when we try to do what God has called us to do, it is guaranteed that we are going to face resistance and challenges, that we are going to think that we cannot do it because of fear and misconceptions about who we are. But we need to rise above those things. We need to step up with courage and face them. Don't let those mental lions keep you from experiencing everything that God has for you. Those worries, those fears that are making you hesitant to do something or to speak up, those are the chains that are holding you back from stepping into the good and fulfilling life that God has so lovingly prepared for you. The thing is that fear is part of our lives, so we can't ignore it. All of us experience fear to some degree, so let me talk about fear quickly. There are so many fears that have already been identified, hundreds if not thousands, and the list is going to continue to grow. All these fears are classified into three main categories, social phobias, agoraphobia, and specific phobias. And specific phobias are further classified into four categories, environmental, animals, medical, and situations. So there are so many different fears and people can be afraid of so many different things and situations. They can be afraid of spiders, of small spaces, afraid of the dentist, of trees, of public speaking. There really isn't a limit as to what people can be scared of. But here's what's interesting. We are only born with two fears, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. That means that every other fear that we have is a learned fear. We have either been taught to be fearful of something or we have become fearful through experience. I read an article which said, fears aren't real. They're illusions. They don't exist. They are responses to ideas that we've created from things we thought were true, but actually were not. Fears are the mind's way of finding the areas of our lives that we actually need to work on. And as we do, we may make mistakes, but we will always learn and grow. Fears are the mind's way of finding areas of our lives that we actually need to work on. I like that statement. Our fears can reveal what is holding us back from becoming who we were meant to be, from living a free and fulfilling life. Our fears reveal what we need to address. So how many times has fear kept you from doing something, something that you really wanted to do, something that you know God called you to do, something that would take you closer to achieving your dreams, but you avoided doing it because you were scared. See, fear is the obstacle. It is a stumbling block and it is a prison. But I do want to clarify that although we only naturally have two fears, it doesn't mean that all learned fears are completely irrational. Some are necessary for our survival. So we're not gonna go around recklessly picking up snakes or climbing cliffs without the necessary safety gear in the name of being fearless. But what we need to realize is that the majority of our fears are lies which hold us back. The fear of failure, for example, can keep us from even trying. Fear is the lion standing in your way, keeping you from achieving your goals and dreams, keeping you from making a difference, keeping you from being who you were created to be. Scripture says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse eight, be alert and of sober mind, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The enemy is like a lion, 
looking to take you down, to destroy you, and to stop you from being courageous. And he has two main attack strategies to take you down, discouragement and fear. He loves using our past mistakes and failures to discourage us from moving forward. And he uses that which we fear to keep us from doing anything significant with our lives. Imagine if Benaiah had allowed his fear to stop him. If he had backed down and hid away, do you think that King David would have noticed him and considered him a valuable asset to his team? Would he have thought of him as someone worthy of running his bodyguard and put him in charge of protecting him? Would he have seen him as a strong and brave warrior? No, we probably wouldn't be speaking about him today if he was a coward, if he had allowed fear to control him. But we are speaking about him because he was brave, he was courageous, and he didn't let fear stop him from achieving great things. Now, was Benaiah fearless? No, I don't think so. I highly doubt that he felt no fear as he looked into the eyes of that lion. But the difference between being fearful and brave is that he faced his fear and he overcame it. He felt that fear, but he moved forward anyway. You see, he felt his fear and he faced it. And instead of running away, he chased it down and conquered it. Now let's fast forward a few years after this incident. I mentioned earlier that when we hear of encounters with lions in the Bible, one of the people we think of is Daniel. In his story, he was thrown into a lion's den. And what happened? God sent angels to close the mouths of the lions and they were unable to harm him. So Daniel walked out without a scratch. And I mentioned Daniel because I want us to be aware of something. Sometimes God will give us the strength to defeat what we are afraid of, like Benaiah defeated the lion. And other times he will protect us from it, like he protected Daniel. We are going to find ourselves face to face with our lions, but we have to trust God that he will either give us the strength to conquer them or he will protect us by silencing and taming them himself. Now we just read that the enemy is like a lion and fear is his tactic to disarm you. So what fear is the enemy posing in front of you? What fear or fears are holding you back? Identify the fear in your life and don't run from it. Don't hide from it, but instead face it, chase it down and conquer it with the courage that God has given you. Each of us has the capacity to be brave. Each of us can be lion chasers, but we don't always realize this because our courage is lying dormant within us, waiting to be awakened. And why is it lying dormant? Because we're so focused on our fears that we forget about the sleeping lion chaser within. But it's time to wake up. It's time to stop allowing our fears from holding us back. It's time to stop running away and it's time to start chasing. When we decide to chase, we take charge. We take up the offensive position. We take back our ground and we begin to overcome our fear with every step we take. And as we do this, we need to remind ourselves that God is with us. He is at our side and we are never alone and he will help us be victorious over our fear. See, we have this tendency to ask God to keep us from being scared but we shouldn't be asking him to eliminate fear. Instead, we should be asking for courage to face it. Now, we don't become courageous overnight. We don't become brave without facing fear. Something needs to happen. An action needs to be taken in order for us to become brave. See, brave people don't sit around doing nothing. Brave people don't stand on the sidelines. They go out and take a risk. 
They look their fear in the eyes and they keep fighting. And here's the truth. We are all born to be brave. None of us were meant to live in fear. We were all created to live courageously. But how do we do that? I want to point out three ways that we can awaken our courage and conquer fear. First of all, through transformed thinking. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God wants what is best for us. Living in fear is not what is best, but living courageously is. Conforming is allowing fear to silence us, to keep us still and to keep us from growing. Conforming to a culture of allowing fear to dictate our movement is one which limits our potential and the move of God in our lives. But when we transform our thinking, when we align it with God's word and His way, things begin to change. A shift in our thinking takes place. We are changed from the inside out and we grow and become strengthened. And then we find the bravery to face our fears. Finding your brave is changing our mindset. And the best way to make that change is to read the word of God and be transformed by it. Because scripture renews our minds. Through scripture, we begin to think in a Christ-like manner. Through scripture, we unlearn our fears and learn courage. Scripture gives us the power and authority to step out in bravery and face the very thing that scares us. Psalm 34 verse 4 says, I sought the Lord and He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, He is the one who goes with you and He will not leave you nor forsake you. As you continue to fill your mind with these truths, you'll begin to find that in the moments when you're facing fear, you will be reminded of them and it will build up your courage to chase and conquer your lion. Secondly, and this is something that we've already been talking about, face your fear and chase it. We've just been transforming our mind with the Word of God, arming ourselves with His truths. So we are ready to face fear. We are ready to look it in the eyes and chase it down. We know that a good way to overcome our fears is to be exposed to it. By being exposed to our fears, it helps us build tolerance and eventually overcome it. So face your fear. Don't back down, don't run away, don't hide, but face it, chase it and overcome it. And thirdly, be in community. Surround yourself with people who are going to help you, who will encourage you and support you and be there for you all the way. Facing fears should not be a solo activity all the time. We need each other. Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse nine to 10 says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. See, it's possible to be brave alone, but it's not sustainable. Benaiah was brave on his own, but he didn't live that way. He was part of a community, an army. If we want sustainable, long-lasting courage, then we need the help of a support system. We need people to remind us to keep going, to remind us of the strength that we have and to hold us accountable. A brave life is not a lonely life and we most certainly will not function at our best in isolation. We need each other to help each other be courageous. It's so much easier to be brave and to face our fears, to chase our lions and to conquer them when we are part of a community when we feel supported. 
So these three things, transformed thinking, facing fear and chasing it, and being in community will help us live courageously. These will help us live the life which God has called us to live, to tap into the potential that God has placed in us and to live a life unrestrained by fear, unhindered by the attacks of the enemy and free in the strength and courage which God has already given us. Now I want to close with one more scripture. Joshua chapter one, verse nine. Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Be courageous because God is with you always. Let that statement be something that you continue to tell yourself, reminding yourself that the lion you have to face is nothing in comparison to the God who is with you, whose strength is within you and whose power will protect you. I hope that this unusual story has encouraged you to find your courage to be a lion chaser, to overcome the enemy's tactics to stop you, to be a conqueror and to be courageous. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that your word is filled with so much encouragement and so much wisdom that will help us grow and strengthen our faith. I pray, Lord, that even these strange stories, we will see the value in them. We will be encouraged by them. Father, I pray that we will all be lion chasers, that we won't allow fear to stop us from doing what you have called us to do and hinder us from being who you have made us to be. I pray, Lord, that we will renew our minds with your word so that we can see ourselves the way that you see us, so that we can be reminded that we are not alone and that we are not weak, but we are strong in you, that we are brave and courageous. We thank you, Lord, that we don't have to be afraid because you're with us. So Father, I pray that in the coming weeks, we will identify the fears in our lives that are holding us back, that we will face them, that we'll chase them down and that we will conquer them because we have you and we have your courage within us. We thank you, Lord, and we pray this in your name. Amen. May you be blessed and we'll see you next week.